Welcome to the Top 5, where each week I discuss my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, Pocono. Hello and welcome to the Top 5. I am your host, Connor. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is meant to be a quick 15-20 minute podcast to discuss my thoughts from the race, and I would love to hear your thoughts. So please search The Top 5 on Facebook and hit the like button, or you can find me at The Top 5, or I'm sorry, patreon.com forward slash The Top 5. Share your thoughts with me, uh, disagree with me, agree, let's just have a fun conversation. So let's get into this week's Top 5. Number 1. So for number one, some notable pre-race, Pocono is the most unique track, I think, that the circuit visits all year. Trioval or Triangle. Uh, They say there's no turn four. Some people argue there's actually six turns. Some argue five. Um, But what I thought was interesting is each turn is modeled after another track. Uh, Turn one is 14-degree banking modeled after uh, Trenton Speedway. Turn two is 8-degree banking, known as the Tunnel Turn, and it's modeled after Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And turn three uh, is 6-degree banking and modeled after the Milwaukee Mile. Um, Was very curious to see how the new car would act at this track because it's not quite... A super speedway it's not quite a, a mile and a half it's 2.5 miles and there is drafting but it races more like a um uh trival i guess it's it's just basically uh drag racing down straightaways and who can sail it into the corner further um in qualifying Coming out of turn three, there were a bunch of cars that had to start in the back. They were wrecking. Turn three is the widest sweeping and flattest turn. And it's been an issue all year with this new gen car where the back end just whips around on on drivers. And uh, so um, William Byron and Ross Chastain and Ty Gibbs all had to start in the rear. Although Ty Gibbs was starting in the rear because of a driver change uh kurt bush spun in qualifying and had concussion like symptoms so therefore he was unable to start the race so ty gibbs got his first career start in um in a cup car replacing him so that's pretty much all of the pre-race notables. Let's get into the actual race itself. Number two. So Denny Hamlin had the pole and chose to start on the outside. And on lap one, brushed the wall and lost a whole bunch of spots. Uh, and then six laps into the race, Austin Sendrick uh, spun. Turn three, just like... Uh, just like what's been happening to all the other drivers. There was nothing really all that notable uh, for the rest of stage one until the end 
there were some strategy calls where drivers were going into the pits with two to go uh, to try and gain track position. A bunch of cars did that, and then Eric Amarola spun, which mean meant that the the stage was going to end under caution. So it really benefited those drivers that got in early uh, and pitted. They, they gained a lot of valuable lap position. Uh, Kyle Larson won stage one um, under caution. Uh, stage two began with the 77 taking a spin. Uh, and then 11 laps in to stage two, Denny Hamlin spun coming off turn three. Um, which I thought after brushing the wall and, um, spinning, that would be the end of it for him. But, uh, he had quite the dominant car as we'll learn later, perhaps too dominant. Some might say on the restart from the Hamlin spin, Corey LaJoy spun. Um, so we're, I don't know, 15 laps into stage two and maybe, Five of them, if that, have been green flag. Uh, they got things sorted out and 13 to go in stage two. Uh, the 42 spun. Uh, just single car accident. And and then Kyle Busch won stage two under caution. Or I'm sorry, not under caution. Uh, he won stage two and seemed, in my opinion, at that point to have the best car and just like hamlin as we'll find out later maybe too dominant but one thing that i've noticed and this happened with uh martin truex last week dominated stage one and two didn't win the race this week kyle bush was way up front in stage one win stage two and didn't win the race so i don't know if it's something about this this gen car where the crew chiefs can learn a lot in stage one and two and really make wholesale changes to the vehicle to make it so much better in stage three but i've been noticing frequently that um that the early on dominant car still gets top five but you think it's a lock to win and they don't at the end of stage two it was pointed out that rain was coming that i i forgot to note earlier they started the race a half hour early because of weather and thank god they did because it looked like at the end of stage two, we were past the halfway point. The rain was coming really close. And many thought that that was going to be the end of it. Now, they did end up getting the whole event in right before the rain came. So thank God they did start it early. But uh, that was definitely a concern for crew chiefs on how to strategize moving forward um, that didn't end up paying off. But let's get into stage three. Number three. So stage three was uh, was going along, and Ryan Blaney was doing pretty well. And I was, you know, I'm a Logano fan. I've admitted that many times. But I was kind of rooting for Blaney just for my ego, because I predicted him to win. And uh, I wanted to get on here and, and break my arm, pat myself on the back. But 53 to go, Blaney lost a tire. Had to go around the entire track pretty much uh, on on rim. Uh, no caution. So now he's down a lap at least. 
terrible break for him. And then 23 to go, Blaney spun coming out of turn three and hit the wall hard. And that was a uh, an old wrap on the day for Blaney. Sad to see. I like Blaney. Good dude. I uh, was running up front most of the race. Uh, on the restart with 23 to go, Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain were on, on the front row. And everyone's been waiting for this, for, for Hamlin to get his revenge. And, of course, he did. He didn't intentionally wreck um, Chastain. He just ran him all the way up the track and let him wreck himself. It, it's a vet move. It's a, I respect the way that he did it. That said, it wasn't intentional, but it was clear. And it was in front of the entire field. And that's what kind of chaps me a little bit. And I get it. The guys in the booth said the best revenge is when you can really hurt someone. You know, wrecking them in 25th doesn't really ruin their day as much as when they have a shot at the at the win. I get that. That makes sense. But I thought that was a little little classless and kevin harvick got caught up in it kevin harvick's been struggling all year perhaps the most unlucky season possibly ever and he's having a great day he's competing for a win and he is unintentionally caught up in the wreck because hamlin's mad at chastain okay i, I don't know that just kind of kind of chaps my ass a little bit but that's racing. Um, and then Denny Hamlin went on to win the race. And Kyle Busch, who I thought was going to win the race, got, got second. Two Joe, Joe Gibbs cars. One, two. Uh, another notable was in, in victory lane. Uh, Hamlin has a super annoying kid. It's always in front of a camera. But um, seeing how emotional she was in victory lane really hits home how important these wins are and how how much it means to these drivers and to their families. Um, of course, Hamlin gave a... He was just a real horse's ass in his victory speech. Pun intended. Um, and then two other notable things from the end of the race is Ty Gibbs did a, a great job in his first start. I liked how they had him hang back at the beginning to kind of get a feel for the car. No practice, no qualifying for him, just first time in a cup car. Uh, different everything, different steering box, different uh, shifter than what he's used to. And he finished 16th, which is not bad. And he didn't tear up the car. Uh, and then the other notable was um, Ross Chastain, after being wrecked, he did what I think he had to do. He owned it. He he didn't complain. He said he had it coming to him. When asked if, it, if the score was settled, he said, not for me to decide. I gained a lot of respect for Chastain, the way that he handled that. Uh, and I hope that it's settled. I don't know if, if Denny thinks it's settled. I, I'm sure he doesn't. But I hope that they can race each other cleanly moving forward. So that's it. That was the end of the race. The race was over, and Hamlin won, and I went on with my day. Number four.
Some, some issues discovered that, uh, that affect, uh, affect arrow of the vehicle. Um, the, uh, the part was the, uh, was the front fascia and um, there really was uh, no reason why there was some material that was somewhere that it shouldn't have been uh, and that does uh, basically come down to a DQ. It is a penalty. Uh, both first uh, 11 of Denny Hamlin and the 18 of Kyle Bush been DQ'd. Uh, their vehicles are being loaded in a NASCAR hauler. They're going to go back to the R&D center. Um, the uh, the final results have been changed to uh, to to show that the, the two DQs uh, were there, and uh, they have the opportunity to appeal it, and it'll be all sorted out by next week. That is Brad Moran, the director of managing director of the Cup Series, announcing that Danny Hamlin and Kurt Kyle Busch had been disqualified. Both Gibbs cars, both dominant all race, and it turns out both failed post race inspection. Something with the front splitter um, was altered or changed. Now, with this new car, all of the parts are ordered from vendors. So, uh, you know, they're designed for each race in each race car, and they're not to be modified. So you literally get the part from the vendor, and you just bolt it on the car. Somehow, the Gibbs cars had altered their splitters to provide them better aerodynamics, making them much faster. This is the first time in a long, long time that a cup car has been DQ'd in first place. Uh, so Chase Elliott became the race winner from third place. He said he didn't feel like a winner. He didn't earn it on the track. They asked him how he was going to get the trophy from uh, Horseface Hamlin. And he said, I don't care. He can keep it for all I care, um, which is kind of classy, I think. And I thought Hamlin posted a pretty funny video. He had the trophy and he was just sitting at his uh, in his kitchen, just eating breakfast, just sitting there. I thought that was pretty funny. Of course, not very classy, but, you know, it's Denny Hamlin. So what do you expect? Uh, my question is. I wonder if Joe Gibbs knew about this. I kind of doubt it. I don't know how involved he is in the actual manufacturing of the vehicles. But he is a hes a very holy man. He's a very good man. I can't imagine that he would knowingly cheat. Um, but the Joe Gibbs Racing came out and said they're not going to appeal it. So it's over. Uh, Chase Elliott is your winner of Pocono. Crazy ending. Overall, I think it was a, a, a fun race to watch. Um, and I think uh, there's something that's going to be talked about for a long time. So for my next point, let's look forward to next week. Number five. Next week is the indianapolis road course and i don't know why nascar keeps trying to force feed themselves on indy it doesn't matter if it's the oval 
or the road course. It's just not a fit. It gets low attendance. It gets low viewership. And it's just a bad race. NASCAR is just not a fit for Indianapolis. And that's fine. Just let it be. Um, the only really exciting thing is turn one. They come down the front stretch and it is a uh, hard right turn into turn one. Uh, hard braking area. I think turn one is going to reap carnage all day. Uh, I wish they would. If they're going to insist that the cup cars go to Indy every year so we can look at empty grandstands, could they at least do the oval? Uh, at least there's history there. There's no history in the road course. One thing to, to keep an eye out, and I'm curious, is they're doing a, the Indy race the day before. So Indy cars are racing the road course uh, for the first time on uh, Saturday and then NASCAR on Sunday. I'm curious what gets more eyeballs. I kind of think that the Indy cars will in this situation. Uh, another note is I will be gone on vacation next week. I will likely watch the race and I will try and get a podcast in. So, uh, to my fan, I hope, I hope you don't miss it too much if I'm not able to get it in, but I will definitely be back the following week. I end my vacation by attending the Michigan international speedway race, and I couldn't be more excited for it. Uh, so Indy, my prediction, I'm just going to take a, a flyer and say Eric Almarola gets a win on his farewell season. Why not? So thanks so much for listening. Uh, before I go, please remind you, uh, the top five on Facebook, just search it. You'll see me in my Joy Logano hat. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash the top five. Share with me your thoughts, good, bad, or indifferent. I'd love to hear from you and have a conversation about NASCAR. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the top five, and I'm Connor.